Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. This episode is made possible by PwC. A robot may not be coming for your job, but competitors are coming for your market share. At PwC, we pair the right tech with the right solutions to help you gain a competitive edge. Reimagine operations from the cloud, fuel innovation with responsible AI, and detect risks before they become headlines. That's human-led and tech-powered. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Chapter 9 of The Gold Hunters by James Oliver Kerwood. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Roger Moline. Chapter 9 Up the Ombabika. For a few moments after Mukoki's remarkable discovery, the three stood speechless. Wabigawan stared as if he could not bring himself to believe the evidence of his eyes. Rod was quivering with the old, thrilling excitement that had first come to him in the cabin, where they had found the skeletons and the buckskin bag with its precious nuggets, and Mukoki's face was a study. The thin, long fingers which held the two pieces of the gold bullet trembled, which was an unusual symptom in the old pathfinder. It was he who broke the silence, and his words gave utterance to the question which had rushed into the heads of the two young hunters. "'Who shoot gold bullets at bear?' And to this question there was, for the time, absolutely no answer. To tell who shot that bullet was impossible. But why was it used? Wabigawan had taken the parts of the yellow ball and was weighing them in the palm of his hand. "'It weighs an ounce,' he declared. Twenty dollars worth of gold!' gasped Rod, as if he lacked breath to express himself. "'Who in the wide world is shooting twenty-dollar bullets at bear?' he cried more excitedly, repeating Mukoki's question of a minute before. He, too, weighed the yellow pellets in his hand. The puzzled look had gone out of Mukoki's face. Again the battle-scarred old warrior wore the stoic mask of his race, which only now and then is lifted for an instant by some sudden and unexpected happening. Behind that face, immobile, almost expressionless, worked a mind alive to every trick and secret of the vast solitudes, and even before his young comrades had gained the use of their tongues, he was, in his savage imagination, traveling swiftly back over the trail of the monster bear to the gun that had fired the golden bullet. Wabigawan understood him and watched him eagerly. "'What do you think of it, Mookie?' "'Man shoot powder and ball gun, not cartridge,' replied Mukoki slowly. "'Old gun. Strange, very strange.' "'A muzzle loader,' said Wabi. The Indian nodded. "'Had powder, no lead. Got hungry?' used gold. Eight words had told the story, or at least enough of it to clear away a part of the cloud of mystery, but the other part still remained. 
who had fired the bullet, and where had the gold come from? He must have struck it rich, said Wabi, else would he have a chunk of gold like that? Where that come from? More, much more, agreed Mukoki shortly. Do you suppose, began Rod, there was a curious thrill in his voice, and he paused, as if scarce daring to venture the rest of what he had meant to say. Do you suppose somebody has found our gold? Mukoki and Wabigawan stared at him as if he had suddenly exploded a mine. Then Wabi turned and looked silently at the old Indian. Not a word was spoken. Silently Rod drew something from his pocket, carefully wrapped in a bit of cloth. You remember I kept this little nugget from my share in the buckskin bag, intending to have a scarf-pin made of it, he explained. When I took my course in geology and mineralogy, I learned that if one had half a dozen specimens of gold, each from a different mine, the chances were about ten to one that no two of them would be exactly alike in coloring. Now, he exposed the nugget and made a fresh cut in it with his knife, as Mukoki had done with the yellow bullet. Then the two gleaming surfaces were compared. One glance was sufficient. The gold was the same. Wabi drew back, uttering something under his breath, his eyes gleaming darkly. Rod's face had suddenly turned a shade whiter, and Mukoki, not understanding the mysteries of mineralogy, stared at the youth in mute suspense. "'Somebody has found our gold!' cried Wabi, almost savagely. "'We are not sure,' interrupted Rod. "'We know only that the evidence is very suspicious. "'The rock formation throughout this country is almost identically the same, "'deep trap on top with slate beneath, "'and for that reason it is very possible that gold found right in this locality "'would be of exactly the same appearance as gold found two hundred miles from here.' Only it's suspicious, Rod concluded. Man probably dead, consoled Mukoki. No lead, hungry, shoot bear and no get him. Maybe starve. The poor devil, exclaimed Wabigawan. We've been too selfish to give a thought to that, Rod. Of course he was hungry or he wouldn't have used gold for bullets. And he didn't get this bear. "'By George!' "'I wish he'd got him,' said Rod, simply. Somehow Mukoki's words sent a flush into his face. There came to him, suddenly, a mental picture of that possible tragedy in the wilderness, the starving man, his last hopeless molding of a golden bullet, the sight of the monster bear, the shot, and after that the despair and suffering and slow death of the man who had fired it. "'I wish he'd got it,' he repeated. "'We have plenty of grub.' Mukoki was already at work skinning the bear, and Rod and Wabigawan unsheathed their knives and joined him. "'Wound bout five, six month old,' said the Indian. "'Shot just before snow. "'When there wasn't a berry in the woods for a starving man to eat,' added Wabi, well, here's hoping he found something, Rod. An hour later, the three gold-seekers returned to their canoe, 
laden with the choicest of the bear meat and the animal's skin, which was immediately stretched between two trees, high up out of the reach of depredating animals. Rod gazed at it proudly. "'We'll be sure and get it when we come back, won't we?' "'Sure,' replied Wabi. "'It will be safe?' "'As safe as though it were at home.' "'Unless somebody comes along and steals it,' added Rod. Wabi was busy unloading certain necessary articles from the canoe, but he ceased his work to look at Rod. "'Steal!' he cried in astonishment. Mukoki, too, had heard Rod's remark and was listening. "'Rod,' continued Wabigoon quietly, "'that is one thing we don't have up here. Our great big glorious north doesn't know the word thief, except when it is applied to a Wawanga. If a white hunter came along here tomorrow and found that hide stretched so low that the animals were getting at it, he would nail it higher for us. An Indian, if he camped here, would build his fire so that the sparks wouldn't strike it. Rod, up here, where we don't know civilization, we're honest. But down in the States, said Rod, the Indians steal. The word slipped from him. The next instant he would have given anything to have been able to recall them. Mukoki had grown a little more tense in his attitude. "'That's because white men have lived so much among them, white men who are called civilized,' answered the young scion of Wabinosh House, his eyes growing bright. "'White blood makes thieves. Pardon me for saying it, Rod, but it does, at least among Indians.' But our white blood up here is different from yours. It's the same blood that's in our Indians, every drop of it honest, loyal to its friends, and it runs red and strong with the love of this great wilderness. There are exceptions, of course, as you have seen in the Wawangas, who are an outlaw race. But we are honest, and Mukoki there, if he were dying of cold, wouldn't steal a skin to save himself. An ordinary Indian might take it, if he were dying for want of it, but not unless he had a gun to leave in its place. "'I didn't mean to say what I did,' said Rod. "'Oh, I wish I were one of you. I love this big wilderness and everything in it, and it's glorious to hear you say what you do.' "'You are one of us,' cried Wabi, gripping his hand. That evening, after they had finished their supper and the three were gathered about the fire, Wabigawan said, "'Muki could tell you one reason why the Indians of the North are honest if he wanted to, Rod. But he won't, so I will. There was once a tribe in the country of Mukoki's forefathers, along the Makoki River, which empties into the Albany, whose men were great thieves and who stole from one another.' No man's snare was safe from his neighbor. Fights and killings were of almost daily occurrence, and the chief of the tribe was the greatest thief of all, and of course escaped punishment. This chief loved to set his own snares, and one day he was enraged to find that one of his tribe had been so bold as to set a snare within a few inches of his own, and in the trail of the same animal. He determined on meeting out a terrible punishment, and waited. While he was waiting, a rabbit ran into the snare of his rival. 
Picking up a stick, he approached to kill the game, when suddenly there seemed to pass a white mist before his eyes, and when he looked again there was no rabbit, but the most wonderful creature he had ever beheld in the form of man, and he knew that it was the great spirit and fell upon his face. And a great voice came to him, as if rolling from far beyond the most distant mountains, and it told him that the forests and streams of the red man's heaven were closed to him and his people, that in the hunting grounds that came after death there was no place for thieves. "'Go to your people,' he said, "'and tell them this. Tell them that from this day on, moon upon moon, until the end of time, they must live like brothers, setting their snares side by side without war. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.